Blog Talk Radio. Security level 3 or above is required. 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 Incoming transmission. Download complete. Incoming transmission. Download complete. Welcome back to another edition of Thirsty Thursdays here on Warrior Radio TV. Well, uh, Warrior Radio Broadcasting Network, yeah. Uh, if you guys are listening to us, you guys are listening to us live right now on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Pine Ridge Warriors Radio or on MixLR at www.mixlr.com forward slash Pine Ridge Warriors. Um, listen, brothers and sisters, um, I'm excited for my wife actually to be on. We're going to have our, our roles reversed here. Um, but before we really get going, I do have a couple quick announcements for your guys' ears. So you guys might want to write these down or, or tune in or whatever. I turn it up, turn up the volume, turn up the dial, and just listen a little closely. Um, Friday, February 3rd, which I think is tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, um, me and my wife, we are going to be on Omega Man Radio. Um, it's probably going to be a one-hour broadcast, but who knows. We never really know what, what's going to happen on Omega Man Radio, so you guys want to tune in for that. Plus, on Monday, February 20th at 8 p.m. Oh, oh, so I guess we're, uh, we're on there twi- two days, right? A little confused. Anyways, um, and on Monday, February 20th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, brothers and sisters, um, we'll have Sister Lana Nita this coming Wednesday, February 8th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time here on Warrior Radio Ministry um, for another edition of Young Disciples. Sister Lana Nita will be on with us every first Wednesday of every month um, starting February 8th, so starting this coming Wednesday. Yeah, so we're excited to have her on. If you guys haven't heard from this sister or even uh, know about her ministry, you guys go look her up, Lana Nita Ministries, um, and you guys will be blessed. Also, uh, excuse me, brothers and sisters, we do have an upcoming event in June 16th and 17th. Um, it's a Custer gathering out there in the Black Hills. It's a free event to go to. Um, we don't want nothing from you except for you if you feel like you want to come together with like-minded believers and just praise and worship the Lord and have a good old time and fellowship. Uh, this is your guys' opportunity. It's a two-day event that's June 16th and 17th um, in Custer, South Dakota. And you guys that show up, it, you will not be disappointed or you will not be uh, – yeah, you you guys won't be disappointed. So you guys come out there and check us out. Um, if you would like more information, we're actually going to be sending out an email blast um, tomorrow, I do believe, or sometime very soon, um, warriorradiobroadcastingnetwork.com. So if you guys would like to receive that email blast, go over to warriorradiobroadcastingnetwork.com for, uh, to sign up 
It's a free thing to sign up on, and you guys get our latest events and our latest happenings um, wherever they might be. So I think that's all the announcements I have here to make. Um, unless I'm missing something, love, is there anything that you can think that I, I might may or may not have missed? No, I think you're okay, uh, but I do want to just reaffirm that we are on Omega Man twice, so tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, and then again on uh-huh. Monday the 20th at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, uh, yeah, sorry, I thought I thought you heard me say that yesterday, but it's all good. It's all good. Hey, you but know me. You I like got a short attention prayer, my love. That's okay. Yes, of course. We all you have know me, <laughs> yeah, the goldfish moment. Ah. But anyways, um, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Father God, I come before your throne room right now, and I just lift up this ministry to you, Father God, my wife, and, and, and the listeners to you, Father God, that, Lord, tonight's message will go forth with power, with purpose, and that it will begin to impact and touch people's lives, Father, that, Lord, just let your Holy Spirit be here right now, Father God, upon us and, and on this radio ministry. Um, we come against every principality and power of the air that might try to affect these airwaves here tonight, Father God. And, Lord, that your just spirit just be released and felt throughout the airwaves, wherever they're at, wherever they might need a touch of, Father God, that, Lord, your power will be shown in their lives. And I want to thank you for all these things in your awesome, son's awesome, precious, mighty name. Amen and amen. So with that being said, love, the mic's all yours. Aha. Aha, thank you very much, my love. I love you. Um, So, anyway, guys, hi. I love you. (laughs) Uh, Welcome back to Thirsty Thursdays. I haven't been on here in about, uh, I think, two or three weeks, so it's been a while. And uh, this has been a long time coming, obviously. Um, So, today's title is Mantle versus Anointing, and this is kind of a funny thing because... Usually when I have done a show, it's kind of been something that the Lord's impressed upon my heart. But this one specifically, um, you know, I was I, I woke up one morning and I had a specific dream that this was a show that I was to do. And uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna front guys. This is probably going to be a multiple part um, show just because um, there is so much to cover. And uh, you know. The, the thing about this topic, the thing about these topics, about the mantle and the anointing, um, is that, you know, in in the church that we've we've come become accustomed to, even within the the charismatic settings or you know in in the spirit filled settings, I believe that there has been a lot of um, misinformation perpetrated, um, you know, by, by hierarchy. They may not even know that they're doing it, but a lot of the times, just as in the regular uh, religious system, a man will say a word and people will take it as the word of God when God was not in the word which he spoke. And it, it perpetrates itself all the way through, uh, you know, the whole system, that core belief system, it perpetrates itself through there, uh, just kind of like, um, you know, the the rapture. Some some of you guys may believe in the rapture. I'd really highly, um, you know, suggest that you go through your Bible for yourself to find out whether that is true or false. But that is something, just like I, I was saying, that was said by a man and was perpetrated through a core belief system, and it has, you know, led very, very many astray. Um, about this topic, I was trying to figure out why the father is, um, you know, trying to put me down this path or he has set me down a very interesting path because, um, the way he speaks to me is that he tells me that I'm not allowed to listen to a man. I don't guys, I'm not even going to lie. I do not spend any time listening to pastors or preachers or teachers or anything because he has set me aside to only listen to him. So in my time that I spend communing with him, I don't have anybody else's voice on. It's just me and him. And I sit down with my Bible and I wait for him to speak. I wait for him to tell me where to go and what to look at. And in doing so, in coming into the faith like that, it has set me aside from the, the ideologies that are in those core belief systems. And he's 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 not even allowed that to be planted in my soul or in my spirit, but he's he's planting the things which he has said and that he has um, really established as orders. This is what he's revealing to me now uh, by by keeping me away from those 
issues and from those core uh, core fundamentals that have been perpetrated through. So um, with that being said, uh, when I was asking him about why why he's having me go down this 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 path or this trail about order, he he's always got me on a trail about order. Why why is it this way, and and what has caused it to be this way? Because he says that you know there is no new thing under the sun, um, and you know, it, everything has a kingdom order and a kingdom principle to it. I'm going to use this as an example. If you guys have been around the internet at all, <laughs> this whole thing with the flat earth, um, it goes deeper than that. There's now a, a wave that, that's come out that says there's no such thing as gravity. Well, gravity in itself is not wrong. The theory behind it is not wrong, but the principle behind it is not right. Uh, You know, we're taking a natural mind and trying to figure out and give an explanation to a spiritual um, thing, a spiritual, uh, let's say it's a spiritual object. We're trying to explain the spiritual object with a natural mind, and that just does not work. The, The reason for gravity is not because we're a spinning ball. Okay, that's that's just a theory. But the reason for gravity is because there is a fundamental that was that was placed before the beginning of time. Uh, it's a kingdom fundamental, and you know we look at this world, and the world is of the world, and we are uh, not of the world. We're of the kingdom. But the thing is, is that this earth was based and built primarily from the beginning on these same kingdom fundamental principles. Okay, so when we look at gravity. What do we see? We see the fundamental principle of foundation. Okay? Everything that we see, everything that we've built, everything that man has built on this earth, everything that has grown from the ground, it is based on a key fundamental of foundation. Okay? So if you want to get technical, no, gravity doesn't exist. But does that key fundamental principle of foundation exist? Yes. And gravity is just the way that the natural man has chosen to describe that in this time. So, with that being said, the word that came to me when I was asking the father this is that, this is exactly what he said. He said, they mystify me to make themselves look greater, okay? So, all these things about mantles and anointings, a lot of the time when the sheep come into the fold, they think that everything is so mystical and so just, you know, everything is... um, so much greater than their imagination can anticipate. And you know what? To be honest, in the word it says that no man has seen the face of the Father. In translation there, it actually says that no man has been able to perceive or understand the presence or the fullness of the Father. And it also says there that if they would, they'd basically die, right? So so there's things that are hidden in the kingdom. There are things that are hidden that are of God that we will not understand, we will not perceive, because our hearts will fail us if we try to, or if he, he would so choose to, to share those with us. So that is why he keeps things hidden from us, okay? It's not to make him look like some wizard atop a hill, okay? When, when you get into a church system and everything's so mystical and magical and hidden, guys, you've got to put yourself in, this, in, in a questioning sort of situation because he says that the kingdom of God is so simple that a child can understand it. So why are we complicating it? Why are we putting up the smoke and lights, not just literally, but figuratively as well? If you guys go to some of those churches, those mega churches, you look, they think when the smoke machines die, the Holy Spirit leaves. Okay, well, I, I'm sorry, guys, that was not the Holy Spirit to begin with. <laughs> um, but in that mystification, you actually lose the actual mysteries of the kingdom, okay? And the mysteries of the kingdom are are not something that have been created for us to have hidden from us for the entirety of our lives or the entirety of, of, of who we are with Christ in relationship with him, but they are something that we are to press into that just we happen to press into essentially when we come into an intimate place with him. And I want to share with you guys right now that the word mystery, when it talks about the mysteries of the kingdom in the Bible, if you go back into your concordance or you go back into the original translation, the root of the word mystery there actually means to be unspoken or to be not spoken. And if you guys are um, 
familiar with this show. I have done a show on on words, the the importance and the meaning of words. And, uh, you know, there is a reason that Jesus was a man of of little words. You know, there's a reason why he spoke in parables. And that was to keep those, quote unquote, mysteries hidden so that those who had a heart to seek, those who had a mind to seek would go forth and to seek those things out, not so that they could spout them out all over, uh, you know, God's green earth, so to speak, but rather to, um, you know, entice and to woo people into that relationship with Christ. I know if you guys are um, in a seeking relationship with Christ and, and you've come from a place where you are in the world and you could you can look back now and you can see the hand of God was wooing you. He was trying to court you. He was trying to flirt you out of the world. And you know what? For a lot of us, it worked. I know for me, it worked. It wasn't that he came out and said, you know, if you're going, if if you're going to go down this path, you're going to die. That's not how you flirt with your spouse before you get married. Okay, you put your best foot forward. You uh, you are you are enticing, and I'm not saying anything um, that the father is is lustful or anything like that. But he knows exactly what it takes. He knows our hearts to the point where he knows exactly what it takes to turn our head and to turn our heart, just as he turned the heart of Saul into a new heart when he turned around. Um, so with that being said, I guess that was a little bit of a, a precursor or a micro sermon. I don't know what you want to call that. Um, but essentially the mysteries of the kingdom are the things which are unspoken and are hidden in order to entice us into a deeper, more meaningful and more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Okay. So this thing about mantles, I don't know if I'm going to get any further than the mantle thing today, but you guys bear with me. We will do second uh, parts, probably two and three. I'm thinking it's going to be a three part thing. Um, but this thing about mantles, a lot of the times in a lot of circles, um, mantles are considered a specific commission um, or kind of like a job title. And by all means, that is not wrong. However, um, the latest one to come across my path was uh, the the passing of, of Kim Clement. If you guys are, are familiar with that, a lot of the times when a man or woman of God passes on and, and you know, they go to be with, with the father, you'll have the rest of the prophetic community and more, maybe even be the the apostles, the evangelists, the teachers, it doesn't matter. Anybody that has a voice usually will start to proclaim that the mantle of Kim Clement or the mantle of Bob Jones or the mantle of whoever has fallen on a generation or has fallen on um, another person or individual or group of individuals, it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, guys, that that is fundamentally wrong, and we have been misled to believe that um, because there is only one mantle, and it doesn't belong to one man or one woman, and I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But essentially, uh, a mantle is a covering, and we know that from uh, many different examples in the Bible. Um the, the literal translation to many uses of the word mantle is actually a rug or a blanket or a tunic or, you know, a robe, something like that. So I'm just going to go through some of those references right now. Um, in Judges 4.18, it says, And Jael went to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in my Lord, turn into me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her into the tent, she had covered him with a mantle. Okay, so that translation there for the mantle means a rug or a blanket so it was merely a covering okay in first samuel fifteen twenty seven, it says and as samuel turned about to go go away he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle and it rent okay so that is actually a different uh definition there from the original text meaning the upper outer garment and it is a sign of rank okay um so, essentially, these are the majority of the, the, the mantles listed in the Bible. And uh, we're only going to go into one more yet, and it's probably the most famous one, and that's the one about Elijah and Elisha. And that's where people get a lot of this doctrine from about the mantles, okay? Um, 
So we know that a mantle is a covering, and that is not wrong, okay? But, however, when we go into First Kings, into the story about the mantle of Elijah falling and coming upon Elisha, this is a whole different other case in point situation. Um, essentially, we have to look at the whole entirety of the story as kind of a type and shadow for the New Testament or the New Covenant uh, stories of Jesus and the disciples, okay? And uh, I'm not just saying disciples as in the disciples that were in the Bible, but I'm t- talking about every single disciple that has followed Christ Jesus uh, up until this point and, and, and onward, okay? So... In first, first Kings 19, we come into a different type of mantle. They're talking about a completely different type of mantle here, okay? And the translation for the mantle in this passage actually means glory, okay? It means glory or goodly mantle, okay? So it's, it's a glory covering, literally, okay? We know Elijah was a great man of God, and Elisha followed in his footsteps and actually received a double portion of what Elijah had when he was on this earth. And, uh, you know, that sounds a little bit familiar because (laughs) just as when Jesus was here, he had such a great, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, mantle while he was here. But also while he was here, he said, that greater works than these will ye do, okay? So when he said that, that was that double portion, okay? Uh, And we'll get into that a little bit later too. But this word mantle here, uh, this, this glory, this glory covering that they're talking about is actually only referenced in scripture. This specific word translated from the original text is only used 12 times in the whole scripture, in the whole uh, canonized Bible, okay? And that is actually, um, that's important that it's only used 12 times. And, uh, you know, I want to cross-reference a little bit if you guys are going to go and study this afterwards. uh, The fact that when Elijah came up to Elisha for the first time, that he was also using 12 yoke of oxen. Um, That is very important and pivotal, but um, I'm not going to go into that because that's kind of a different, message all together um, but I'm just going to read some of the scripture here that uses this word so First Kings 19 and 1913 and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave and behold there came a voice unto him and it said what dost thou hear Elijah okay so that's the, the point in time after Elijah had run from Jezebel and sought uh, sought out a place to hide basically he's in a cave and he's trying to hear the voice of God and it wasn't in the fire and it wasn't in the wind but it was in the still small voice which he only heard when he put that glory covering over his face okay so first Kings nineteen nineteen, it says so he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. He cast his glory covering upon him, okay? So with this glory covering that we're talking about now it becomes less and less of a natural uh, manifestation than it does of a spiritual manifestation i want to just let you guys know this is kind of cool that the word mantle in that regard is actually um it's not used at all in the new testament and there's a there's a reason for that and there's a very good reason for that um if the mantle is a covering of glory where does that covering of glory come from, okay? This isn't something that a man or a woman of God can provide you with. There is no man or woman that actually has attained or has laid hold to glory, okay? Glory is not ours. Glory will never be ours. Glory is God's and Jesus's and the Holy Spirit. That That's all. Glory is theirs. Honor and glory is theirs, okay, guys? Um, But... This is a type and shadow, okay? This is an Old Testament roadmap to understanding the mantle in the New Covenant, okay? And I'm going to tell you guys right up, up front that 
Um, this is this is like with Jesus when he spoke and said, or or the word spoken said, I should say, that you do not understand or know or perceive that Jesus Christ, that he died and rose again and relieved us of our sins. You do not know that or understand or perceive that by your natural mind, but you know that by the Spirit and by the Spirit alone. Okay, when it comes to these mysteries, when it comes to these certain doctrines, I'm going to say it's not something that we can perceive with our natural mind, but it's something that our spirit must affirm to us and must reveal to us because it is something that is unseen spoken but after the old testament closed and this new covenant came upon us okay after jesus was done his work uh on earth and ascended back to heaven we no no longer needed a physical mantle we no longer needed a physical covering that would cover uh our our bodies okay and i'm not saying we we should be a part of a nudist colony that's not what i'm <laughs> that's not what i'm getting at guys um but jesus himself became the one and only mantle jesus himself is the only mantle he is the covering of glory just you guys are all familiar with psalms 91 okay (laughs) that we we abide in the covering or in the shadow of his wings okay um he is the one who covers us with his glory it's not a glory of our own it's not something that we've laid hold of or or claimed for ourselves but it is something that he has freely given us or freely uh given us to to use and to be a part of but we still have to learn how to to um to utilize it properly not where it's anything of ourselves but it is all to the glory of him and he who sent him okay and and this is why i'm so adamant in saying that um there's no such thing as a man or woman of God that passes on that leaves a mantle to another because there is only one mantle, okay? And there's also only one commission. Um, And we'll get into that later. But, okay, just as in First and Second Kings, okay, this this word mantle is used, this this word glory covering is used, um, and Elijah and Elisha are a type and shadow of really the story about Jesus and the disciples and all the disciples that have come after this. (laughs) This story actually depicts not only just the mantle or the covering of glory coming upon Elisha or coming upon the disciples, but it actually shows us and it tells us, um, how to use it, how to punch through to it, how to activate it, and and how to move in it and among it, okay? Just as it says that we should always be in Christ Jesus, this is putting on that mantle, putting on that covering, putting on that upper layer of rank. You're putting that on to be in Christ Jesus, okay? And that is your mantle. 2 Kings 2.8 says, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were defi- divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground, okay? So this is a type and shadow of Jesus showing us an example how to not only uh, access him but access uh, the covering of God himself, the covering of the Father himself, okay? to utilize the mantle or the covering that he has provided us with by sacrifice. Okay, so 2 Kings 2.13 says, He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Okay, so this is right after Elijah is taken up in the chariot of fire. Just as Jesus ascended up to heaven, just as Jesus, you know, he saw physical death only for the sake of sacrifice. If it wasn't for the sake of washing our sins clean, Jesus would have never seen a natural death. That wasn't uh, his calling until we fell from grace, okay? Um, But as he ascended, and as the word says that greater works will we do than him, that double portion 
is actually available to us just like it is available to Elisha. A lot of the times we'll see here and see prophetic people putting out words, 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 month by month, year by year. Every single year you always hear about this is the year of double portion. Well, hallelujah, praise Jesus. Every day is a day of double portion when we learn how to lay hold or we learn how to access and activate the mantle, which is Christ Jesus in our life, and put that on uh, over top of everything else, okay? Um, so after Elijah taught or showed Elisha, and it wasn't something that was spoken, it was something that was shown, okay? So Elijah didn't sit down and explain to Elisha how he was supposed to work this thing. He merely showed him, and it was up to Elisha's interpretation or his uh the way he perceived it to go forth and to do also how, how his master had showed him. In Second Kings 2.14, uh, and this is talking about Elisha again, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. Okay. So just as his master had showed him, just as his master had imparted, not by words, but by action, what his master had showed him, he was able to also access the power which laid within that mantle, the power of glory which laid within that mantle, okay? And if it wasn't for... The fact that Elisha went and picked up the mantle, that he decided to go forth in, in obedience to the spirit, in obedience to his master who showed him how to use it. If, if it wasn't for his obedience in that, he never would have received his double portion. He never would have uh, understood or perceived the actual way in which to access that mantle, okay? So... I'm just going through some notes here. Okay. Doo, 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 doo. Sorry, guys. I got a lot of notes. So, again, guys, just as Jesus taught his disciples and is teaching his disciples now in every way, shape, and form, um, and how to access him, how to access him as a glory covering, as a mantle, as he is our mantle. Um, so did Elijah teach or show Elisha, okay? So it's a very natural roadmap to understanding a very spiritual uh, spiritual thing and spiritual order of the thing. And I just want to throw in here, this is something that's kind of cool. If you think about um, a, a mantle in today's society, a lot of people, the first thing they think of is a fireplace, Okay. So you have this little place in which you kindle and you keep a fire. But what's the actual purpose of the mantle that's over top of it? Because it's not just for cosmetic use. It's not just to look nice or, uh, you know, to, to put little picture frames on top of. But the actual purpose uh, of a mantle in, you know, essentially today's day is to have something that will catch the smoke from the fire to direct it upwards and outwards, okay? And I want you guys to go back and to think about the sacrifices that were given in the Old Testament, how it wasn't the fire and it wasn't uh, the meat or the burnt offering itself that was a sweet odor, but it was a smoke and what was going up that pleased the nostrils of God, okay? So I just wanted to throw that in there, if give you something to think about, Okay. So another part about this whole mantle thing is that if I can find the right page, that'd be great. A mantle is the upper and outer covering, okay? So it is what, just like I said in First in Samuel, I believe, the reference talks about it being the upper and outer covering, of one's garment. So it's the very last thing that you put on. It's what holds your rank specifically. Oh, can't find the page. I might have to go by memory. That's not good. <laughs> oh, here it is. Um so if you if you think about that, there's there's very 
choice things as Christians, um, as followers of the way and as disciples of Jesus Christ and as friends of Christ that we are supposed to put on daily. And a lot of the times people will remember right off the hop that you're supposed to put on the Ephesians 6 armor. And by all means, guys, you're not wrong. You're completely right. And I'm just going to list those off right here right now. So in Ephesians 6, it tells you to gird your loins with truth, to put on the breastplate of righteousness, to shod your feet with uh, preparedness of the gospel of peace. I might have said that a little bit wrong because I've just got really abbreviated notes. Um, to pick up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, okay? All of those things are fine and great and perfect, okay? Because that is the word and the will of God. However, with this newly found mantle that we see coming upon us right now, um, you know, (laughs) this is supposed to be the last thing that we put on over top of everything else that we wear. And why is that so? Well, being inside of Christ Jesus, that's, that is, you know, number one, that's a big deal. But the thing about it is, is that wearing armor doesn't say and doesn't dictate whether you have power or identity or allegiance or alliance or whatever you want to say, okay? When I was thinking about this, actually, the Lord gave me a vision of two people, I saw one person that was standing kind of like in the middle of nowhere, all garbed up in um, <laughs> in armor, just standing there, kind of slumped over, just standing there, got nothing to do. I'm all ready for battle, but I got nothing to do because I don't got an identity. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then on the other hand, I saw, it was actually a young man that I saw wearing nothing but a tunic. He was wearing a tunic, and he was running headfirst into battle, and the first thing I saw was arrow straight through the heart, and he was dead. So we've got two things right here, right now. We've got the Ephesians 6 armor, and we've got this mantle of Jesus Christ. Some people know how to put on the armor, and others Understand that they have to put on their mantle every day. But without the convergence of the two, we're going to have half of our people completely useless and not knowing what they're doing. And another half that are literally committing spiritual suicide because they didn't want to take the time to put on what was heavier than the tunic, okay? Just as the Lord says that his burden is light and his, his yoke is easy, that mantle is so light you probably won't even feel it. But when you put on the armor, what does it do? It solidifies you. It makes you heavy. It makes you sturdy. But the mantle that you put over top of that armor will allow others and yourself to see, okay? It'll allow others and yourself to see who you belong to, what rank you're at, and the allegiances that you hold, okay? If you want to look back, I know if anybody's been through high school in in North America, you guys have seen footage, you've seen, um, you know, the historical presentation of any of the world wars, World War One or World War Two, and you know, in seeing those things or thinking back to those things, that they don't just send their people out there with helmets on and t-shirts. Okay, they don't just send their people out out there um it, nowadays we don't just send our people out there with kevlar on okay they always have a covering over top of the armor that they wear and that is so that people who are on their same side will know that that is a friendly and people that are not on their side will know that that is an enemy okay so we don't want to have um our brothers and sisters being caught in the crosshairs because they're wearing their armor but they're not wearing their allegiance. They're not wearing their covering. They're not wearing the mantle of Christ Jesus. They may be wearing the armor but they have not laid hold to put onto that covering or that mantle which is Jesus Christ, okay? In the mantle, you will find your identity in Jesus Christ. 
okay? For he is your covering. He is the truest sense of, the, of, of, of what he's placed in you, okay? Uh, just as it said, as we were with God before the foundations of the earth, and the word was God and the word was with God, do you guys understand that we were all up there with the Father before this creation, uh, you know, came into being? So each and every single person on the face of this earth has a little tiny sliver of God, of Jesus Christ, of, of his character, of the higher character. And that is what allows us to come into being with him because we are actually a part of him, which is so cool and just so it's so simply mind blowing. It's awesome because, you know, when you go out into public, I'm a people watcher. When I go out into public, I can literally just stand there. I love airports because, you know, you end up on layovers and stuff, and you can just sit or stand there, and you can just watch people. And then with the discernment of the Holy Spirit coupled in watching people, you're able to see and to discern the part of God which he has placed in them for their higher purpose, their higher calling, and their higher destiny. And it is so cool to know that each and every single person we've ever encountered in our lives, guys, there is a piece of Jesus, there is a piece of God, there is a characteristic of the Father in them that has never been or never walked upon this earth before. And the only way the only way that we're going to be able to understand or know or come into into a perception of that is by getting to know them. And, uh, you know, that's that's the part about Jesus, which is so great, is that he wasn't a respecter of persons. The Father is not a respecter of persons. But what is to be respected is the part of God that is in each and every single one of us. Uh, because it's not about our flesh. It's not about what our flesh has been through. Uh, but it's about what was placed there before the beginning of time. You know, actually, I saw a quote put online saying that um, – Somebody somebody quoted on, online something about you can't change your past, but you can decide your destiny. And guys, I can't agree with that. There's something so intrinsically wrong about that. Because the fact of the matter is that when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we declare him Lord and Savior over our lives, guys, it literally wipes out the past. I don't know about you, but for me specifically, in this last two years, I've been through a journey and a half. And on this journey, I've come into a place of sanctification. And getting sanctified, guys, it hurts and it's not fun, but it is so worth it. Because it literally takes every single thing out of your past and it erases it. You may have memory of it, but as far as the Father and as far as we are concerned, that those things that are in our past they are gone. They are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Just as the sun rises in the morning and it is a brand new day, each day we arise and we awake in the morning, we are a new creation. We are a new self and we are more like Christ and we should be more like Christ every day that we wake up than when we went to bed the night before. Um, so that was a little bit off topic, but that's okay. So... I hope you guys are kind of understanding what I was saying about the mantle. And if you're not, I'm going to encourage you guys to go back and to really uh, seek the Lord's face and to seek what he is speaking about this right now. Because I feel a very strong, um, um, it's almost like an urgency, but that's not the right word for it. Um, but the Father keeps taking me back. Every time I ask him, why are you showing me these things? He takes me back to, to um, Psalm 74. And Psalm 74 is not a happy psalm. And I ask him, why Psalm 74? And I'm not going to read it for you guys because I think that this is something that has to be sought out, okay? This is something that has to be shown. It's an unspoken thing. But the Psalm 74 is... It's essentially about the desecration that has happened in the churches. And this is Old Testament. And just as I said that everything in the Old Testament is a road road map. It's a, it's, a, it's a road map to understanding the spiritual connotation under the New Covenant. That this desecration that has happened in the churches in the old, under the Old Covenant is no longer the desecration that has happened in the churches under the New Covenant. Because 
the only reason I say this is because the church stopped being a church when it became internal. It is within us. It is our temple on the inside of who we are, just as we, we, we are bearers of the kingdom. As he says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, so the king of glory can come in. It's that we are the gates. We are the gatekeepers of the kingdom as we live and breathe on this earth okay and it's not the desecration that are happening in the churches that have pews upon pews upon pews of people but it's about the desecration that we have allowed to happen within ourselves and it only happens little by little by little but so little after so little you're so far gone you don't even know what happened and it has to do with sitting down and listening to the voice of a man or listening to the voice of a woman. I'm I'm even saying this in regards to myself, guys, because if you're listening to me and you're going to take my word for, for scripture, I don't want you to do that. If you have questions about it, you can ask me, but I'd rather have you ask the Father because he's the one who will give you the correct answer and it won't be mixed with flesh, guys. We can't just keep taking the words for man, the words from man, as the words of God, unless we have the ability to discern what is of God and what is not of God and do away with what is not of God and take what is of God. Okay. We have to stop. We, okay. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you also don't want to keep the baby in the bathwater. Right. So I, I hope you guys kind of get what I'm saying because there is going to come a place and time very shortly where the father is going to say do you know my order because this is the way i have commanded my my children to live this is the way that i've commanded my children to go but for so long and this is in and out of the churches okay we've got this sect of people that have not don't want to have anything to do with churches or they're kind of in that don't want to have anything to do with churches uh segment but they're also in the church segment okay so they got kind of one foot on either side and that that's fine it's all according to your faith all according to where the father has established you to go um but (laughs) with that being said we always no matter where we're at in our walk whether we're in the inner court the outer court of the holy of holies it does not matter We need to stop taking for granted the words of man for truth and start to discern them against the word of the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit is speaking. Okay? And uh, I wanted to just also add in a little bit more back towards the mantle. I, I said earlier that there is only one mantle and there's also only one commission. Now, in churches, in in charismatic places, in spirit-filled places, in religious places, it doesn't matter where you're at, most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, people will say uh, the mantle of so-and-so has fallen on a generation. Okay, we've already established that that is false. We've already established that the only mantle, the only covering, the only glory covering that there is and ever shall be is Jesus Christ. But I also said that there is only one commission. Okay, and there is only one commission because Jesus only gave one. And this is before he, he, he left. He left office, okay? He went to, went to heaven. He went back to, uh, to the throne room, all right? And this, I'm just going to read the last portion here of Matthew 28. And this is Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Well, that's I think that's some shouting ground, the fact that You know, we have all been commissioned to do the exact same thing. And it's not the exact same thing, but it's for the same purpose. It is for the cause of Christ, and it is for the establishment and furtherance of his kingdom uh, in the direction of the sanctification and the coming forth of the bride of Christ, okay? And we know that he's not coming back until his bride is ready. So 
with that being said, that there is only one commission, you may be saying in your head, well, then why is there prophets? Why is there apostles? Why are there people that are doing different jobs? You're telling me there's only one commission. I am telling you that there's only one commission because that's the only commission that Jesus Christ left us with. Now, that commission is full of commands. He said, everything that I commanded you, okay, and a commission is a command given to an individual or a group, okay? And in saying this, it's that we are all laborers in the same field, okay, um, in, with Jesus, Jesus was given the spirit without measure, and that's something that we do not have uh, the liberty to partake of in this hour. Uh, perhaps when we become the mature sons and daughters of Christ, we will be able to experience what Jesus walked in. But until that point, we have not reached that, uh, that pinnacle, so to speak. And the commission itself is just simply the commands of Jesus Christ, okay? If you guys want to get into, well, what about the specific things? What about, you know, well, Elisha picked up Elijah's mantle, but Elisha did not go forth and do the exact same things as Elijah. Um, you know, he, I, I don't believe this is a personal conviction for me that the Father is never going to use two of the same two people to do the exact same job. He's never going to use another person to do the exact same job that Jesus did because we don't have the capacity to do that. Jesus was so special and so perfect and he had so much of the spirit without measure that he was able to fulfill uh, not only all of what he commanded, but the law as well in his, you know, short time on earth, which is crazy and amazing and beautiful. And um so that's where I say that there is only truly one commission. Now, when you want to get into the um, the different sections of that commission or the different the jobs, the different workings, okay, you can't just have one without the other. And I say that it's – I want you to think about this this commission, this one commission that, that must be co- fulfilled and must come to fruition. I want you to think about it like um, – like your granddad's pocket watch, that really nice pocket watch he always had, if you guys know what I'm talking about. If you have one tiny screw or one tiny gear missing or, or goes out of kilter or, you know, it, it breaks, that whole watch, that whole commission, it just got stalled. It just got stopped until it can be replaced, until it can be fixed. So it's not it's not an individual thing, but it is the greater commission of the whole, okay? And um, with that being said, I'm just going to go through a little bit here more, and then uh, we're going to call it a day for part one. But the mantle is something that is completely separate from the anointing, just like the mantle is completely separate from the armor. However... However, just as the armor has to be covered by the mantle, just as those two have to work intrinsically with each other in tandem uh, to have that perfect harmony and have the purpose of both be fulfilled, okay? Um, Because if you don't have the armor, you know, you can't exactly go into battle with your tunic. You're going to die. You can't just go and stand in a field somewhere with your armor on and not have a tunic and, you know, you don't know what to do. You don't have the identity or the alliance to go into battle. So without one or the other, they both of them don't work. So with the mantle and the anointing, and when we come back uh, next week to talk about the anointing, I'm going to break it down for you guys so that um, you can understand exactly what the anointing is and why the anointing is. Uh, because the, I believe that the anointing has been led out to be something that it's not also. And this is just personal conviction for me, what the Father has been showing me. And it's funny because I'm like, Lord, why are you giving me such hard words to give? Because I know I'm going to catch flack. And you know what he says back to me? And he says, do you feel like Jeremiah yet? And I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be a long road. <laughs> so anyway, 
the the mantle and the anointing have to work together. They have to work in tandem. And the thing about this is, is that a lot of the times uh, in the church or in the body of Christ right now, we know bits and pieces. You know, we know about the gifts. We know about the fruit. We know about the armor. But we don't understand how they work together and for what purpose they need to work together. It's not just about... Um, understanding one thing more than the next or moving in one thing more than the next but it's about that balance that that balance that we must come into so that that false balance is not an abomination unto the lord okay um and i just want to i do want to mention something quickly about gifts here is that um Gifts are something that we are born with. They are without repentance. We can move in them whether we're sanctified, whether we're not, whether we're saved, whether we're not, okay? And we have uh, previous teachings about that. However, the gifts do play into this, but they play into it at the very end, okay? And I say that because without the the, the proper balance of the mantle and the anointing, you, you, you're you end up off kilter and you'll understand more about what I'm speaking about next week. When I go into the anointing, uh, they end up off kilter and, and you, you end up, um, you know, with this gift that you're going to use. But if you have an off kilter thing going on inside you, your heart is not going to be in the right place. Okay. And the reason why we have to be careful when we use our gift is that, uh, it says in Galatians, the order in which a gift needs to be worked out. And essentially it says, that the gift must be worked by the fruit. Okay, so the fruit comes before the gift. The fruit enables us to go forth and to move in our gift appropriately and properly in the proper order in which the Father has called us to move it. And I say this because, okay, the anointing in the mantle, the only thing the anointing in the mantle glorifies is Christ Jesus himself, okay? But when you get into the gift, the gift is what will um, glorify. The gift glorifies what is in our hearts. Whether we know what's there or not, the gift will glorify what's within our hearts. So we need to make sure that we are in right standing and right alignment and in right balance with everything else before we go into that vein or that imagination, okay? I want to just give you guys a quick uh, a quick example of this. We know an awesome, awesome couple in the Lord. Uh, you know, they're a little bit o- older. They're actually down in South Dakota, and uh, you know, they're two of our our favorite people. They're they're a couple of our favorite people that we've met along our journey. And uh, you know, the gentleman he has been ordained as a prophet of God, and he's just the sweetest thing. But his wife is even sweeter. And she'll stand in front of you after she's organized this gathering that we're going to in in June. Please, guys, come join us if you have the ability to. And she'll stand in front of you and she'll, she'll tell you, I cried and I was crying all night last night because I just don't understand why people come to these things. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I don't even know what my gifts are. And keep in mind, this woman has been walking with the Lord for the majority of her lives and she's just so saturated with the love of the Father. And she'll cry in front of you telling you this. And, you know, it just makes me think about that scripture that says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Because it's not about the show of our gifts. It's not about what is glorified coming out of our hearts. But it's about our relationship with Christ and the ability to bear forth fruit. Okay, the gift can be completely shelved. I don't care if you never... Speak in tongues or prophesy in your life, okay? But if you have that relationship, if you have that ability to wear uh, the mantle of Jesus Christ and to envelop yourself in that, as well as showing forth that fruit of the Spirit which will show favor to you, that's what it's about before the gift, before anything about the gift, okay, guys? Um, I've got about 45 seconds left here, so I'm just going to refresh on MixLR here really quick, so just bear with me. If you lose sound, please refresh your browser. Okay, so we are back. 
Um, with that being said, I think that's about the last thing that the Lord has for me to say right now. Um, but if you guys are interested, I'm going to encourage you to please tune in next week, Thursday, same time, same place. So Pine Ridge Warriors Radio um, at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going to be talking about part two about the anointing. And uh, it might turn into part three. You never know. I've got literally probably half a notebook full of just notes about this that have taken place in the last week or so. Um, and I'm excited to share it with you guys. If you guys have concerns, if you guys have questions, I really do want you to go seek the Father uh, about those questions, about those uh, concerns, whatever they may be. If you don't understand, please take it to the throne room. Please take it in prayer with all things through prayer and supplication because this is something that the Father has chosen to release now. This is something that he wants his people to understand in order of all things that we may return to his order, return to the order of the kingdom and uh, flee from the order of man, okay? Um, So please guys, join me again on Thursday same time, same place for part two of the mantle versus the anointing. We only got through the mantle. Uh, if you guys missed the first part of the show, please go back in the archive after and uh, check that out. Um, as well, guys, we will be on Omega Man Radio tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I have no idea if we're going to be on for an hour or two. Shannon kind of usually chooses to surprise us after we get on the air. So uh, I'm looking forward to that, and you guys should be too as well next Wednesday on Young Disciples. So February 8th, Lena Nita will be joining us for the first time this year. Uh, she's going to be bringing a great word. I know she, she is going to be because because, you know, she's just a great woman of God, and uh, she loves the Father so much, and she she really walks in an air of authority. And uh, if you guys would like to tune in, please do so. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, same place on Wednesday night, this coming up Wednesday night, okay? And I do want to let you guys know that we were broadcasting on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, but our Sunday shows are now going to turn into a look back in our archive for some of the previous shows that we have done. So we're going to start doing a rebroadcast on Sunday night. And uh, that is because we felt the leading of the Lord telling us that we need to scale back on the radio and take a look at what we're really doing here in the physical and in the natural uh, rather than just online. So please, guys, be in prayer for us about that, that we would receive the correct direction and the understanding to go forth in the way that he is He's bringing us because uh, you know, we are in a season of change. We're constantly in a season of change and transition, and, and that goes for all of us. Um, as well, uh, you guys, I'm going to be sending out a email blast shortly today, hopefully yet this tonight. Uh, so if you guys haven't signed up for our email blast, please go to warriorradiobroadcastnetwork.com and uh, just punch in your email there and you should receive it sometime tonight or uh, early tomorrow morning, depends what happens or when I'm able to get to it. Um, with that being said, I think I'm just going to do a quick prayer here and then we'll uh, we'll go. All right. Lord Jesus, I just want to say thank you for this time. Father, I want to say thank you for the leading of your spirit. And I want to say th- thank you for the words of your throne room, Father, for Lord God, even the voices of the angels that are consistently singing around you, Lord God, just saying, holy, 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 because you, Father, you are worthy. You are still worthy to be praised. And Father, you are so worthy to be honored. And Father, I pray that your children would come into a place where all they want to do, Father, is honor you. Father, honor you with their actions, with their hearts and with their mouths, Father, that we would consistently be praising you in all things, Father, whether we be in the valley or on top of on top of the hill and on top of the mountain, Father, whether we be in a season of, of stagnation, Father, or in a season of breakthrough, because we all know, Father, that we come into seasons of bitter, Father, but we also come into seasons of sweet, just as the children of Israel came upon the water and they said that the water is bitter, Father. They had to come into that season of tasting the fact that that water was bitter so that they they were able to ask and to see that that water was made sweet so father i just pray that we would praise you in that season of bitterness in that season of obscurity father before i came on the radio i was asking you father what was i feeling in the spirit and you told me that as the light grows greater the so does the obscurity as the light gets brighter so does the obscurity grow also 
And, Father, this is that constant torsion, that constant shifting and changing that we feel, Lord God, for when we grow with you, our light grows also, Father. The glory of our covering, Father, grows brighter, Father, for we are able to handle and take on more of you, Father, as we put down more of ourselves, Father, more of our fleshly nature, so we may take up, Father, more and more of that mantle, more and more of that glory, more and more of that covering, O God. And just as in your word, you say that the glory is in concealing a matter, Father, I pray that... Father, that your glory in those concealed matters, Father, would be cracked open upon the hearts and within the hearts of these children that are seeking, Father, the ones whose hands are open, and all they want to do is have more, 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 more of you, Father, not to glorify or exalt themselves, Father, but to see your kingdom come to fruition in their lives, Father, that the bride of Christ may be made ready for the day in which... Father, you are waiting to appear. And I just say thank you again and again, Father, for, for all of these people, Lord God. May you bless them, Father. May you you entreat them, Father, to your presence, Father, that they may feel you wherever they go, wherever they may find peace, Father. May it be peace with you, Father, for as your word says that we should pursue peace, Lord God, let us pursue peace and be anxious for nothing and I say these words and I say amen and amen and I say thank you Jesus and uh, guys with that being said uh, have a good night have a good rest of your afternoon and we look forward to uh, to hearing from you if you guys ever want to get in touch go to our website again warriorradiobroadcastnetwork.com or email us at contact at gmail.com I think that's right otherwise just go to our website <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm going to play a song, and I always forget to play a song, so here we go. All right. God bless you guys. We love you. 